Now comes the Rebbe. Imagine, we are after so many of the commentators, about 300 of them, explaining, debating, clarifying Rashi. You would think everything has been said about Rashi. And even if not everything has been said, what can you add already? Maybe a little pirush, maybe something, a vote, uh, an additional note. But the Rebbe, in the year 1965, after his mother passed away, the Rebbe Tzimchana, in honor of his mother, the Rebbe started each week on Shabbat to address one Rashi, one commentary of Rashi onto the parasha of the week. <clears throat> it was during the Fabrengen, during the Hasidic gathering, Shabbat afternoon, where the Rebbe addressed the crowd. He first began with other subjects, but then in the middle, he would address a Rashi. He would chose and address one particular Rashi in the parasha. And he would begin to ask questions. Several questions. Analyze the Rashi from every single angle. He would sometimes even bring the commentators, how they tried to answer those questions, but he would explain how the answers and the explanations of the commentators is, uh, is not sufficient. Proving from Rashi that you can't really say that this is the understanding of Rashi and so on. And then he would pause, there would be a nigun, that we would go to a different subject. But then at one point during the Hasidic gathering, the Rebbe would come back to the Rashi, would say, well, with regards to the Rashi that we discussed earlier and all the questions, now let me share with you the answer. Often the Rebbe would first begin with <clears throat> revealing a complete new understanding of Rashi, and in the approach to Rashi's understanding, and in light of this new information, all of a sudden, all the questions would fall apart. And the Rebbe would show how it answers every single question and every single detail. Except that this would happen, remember, weekly. Every week, another Rashi, and again, the same thing would happen. Now they would question the, the Rashi of the week and eventually answer it. And that would happen again and again and again. And after a few weeks, after a few numbers of Rashi and the numbers of Rashi's explanation of the Rebbe, people began to notice something that the Rebbe is slowly, slowly introducing behind those sikhot, behind those explanations to 
Rashi here and Rashi there and Rashi there. The Rebbe is sharing here a new method, a new approach to understand Rashi on the Torah. And with this new method, many questions that was that was uh, that the commentators asked uh, on to Rashi and many of the of the details that it was unclear until now about Rashi, all of a sudden those questions are becoming clearer and clearer because now we can see exactly the approach of Rashi. With time, the Rabbi introduced several principles, klalim, or as we call it, klale Rashi. Principles in Rashi's methodology. Those klalim, those principles were not at first written as principle 1, 2, 3, and 4. How it came about? Through mainly the Rebbe's Sichot and particularly the Sichot in Likute Sichot the book that we spoke, the series of books that we spoke at length for the, past few, for the past two weeks. A number of those sikhot, in fact, perhaps about a third of those scholarly essays of the Rebbe, published in Likute Sikhot, which include a total of 1198 scholarly essays, sikhot, a third of them is about Rashi onto the Torah. They even among Hasidim have a nickname, those scholarly essays. They are called a Rashi Sicha. A Rashi Sicha. That's, that's unique. A Rashi Sicha. What is a Rashi Sicha? A Sicha is a scholarly essay where Throughout the years, the Rebbe would relate, would address the crowd and would relate many divrei Torah, many talks on various topics. <clears throat> but then what happened is that at a certain point, a team of scholars were chosen to put together some of the talks the Rebbe spoke about on a particular topic. The Rabbi spoke about this topic in a number of years, in different sikhot, but he would collect them into one essay and write it down in an organized way with an introduction, opening remarks, questions, question one, two, three, then the answer, how it answers all the questions, and then the connection and the merging between the revealed part of Torah and mystical part of Torah, the Hasidut, and then eventually the essay would conclude with a hora'ah, an inspirational lesson that we can learn by Avodat Hashem. This written essay was then given, handed to the Rebbe, and the Rebbe would review it, edit it, and adding notes, he would correct, he would remove, he would add long notes and so on that were eventually 
incorporated, the corrections of the Rebbe were incorporated again into the, meaning the whole Sicha was rewritten by the team of scholar, and they would give it some time back to the Rebbe, the Rebbe would correct again, would add, and so on. And this would take a number of times, the Rebbe would invest, as we discussed at length, many hours into this process. Eventually, the essay, the Sicha, the Likut, as we call it, was ready, ready for print, and it was published as a booklet for the Hasidim to study on to the Shabbat. This Sicha, in Likute Sichot, is unique in the sense that this is the Rebbe's words. It's not just that a team of scholars put, put in writing what they remember what the Rebbe said, but here, because it was edited and reviewed by the Rebbe, it has a, it has a different status. It has a status that each and every word there is precise. Each and every word there in the essay is considered the words of the Rebbe. And this would happen again and again every week until eventually it was enough to publish a book, a second book. And today we have 40 books that includes about 1,200 sichot, 17,000 pages of edited sichot, scholarly essays of the Rebbe onto every single field and section of Torah. As I said, a third of those sichot, so it just tells you how much the Rebbe invested in that field of Torah, are dedicated to Pirush Rashi, to Rashi's methodology, to Rashi's commentary onto the Torah. Drawing from those sichot, a book with the encouragement and the blessings of the Rebbe, a book was eventually authored and published, known as Klale Rashi. The Principles of Rashi's Commentary. In its first edition, it included, I think, about 207 principles. But eventually there were more sichot of the Rebbe. It was a second edition, which new klalim were introduced by the Rebbe or were understood by the Hasidim through those sichot, through those scholarly essays of the Rebbe. And so new additional klalim and additional methods, principles were added. And the number of klalim in the second edition was 389, which happens to be the gematria, the numerical equivalent of the word pshat. Pshat which is Rashi's approach to Torah, is Pei Shin Tet, 389. But eventually a third edition was published, and drawing from the additional Sichot that over the years, the Rebbe said, new and additional Klalim were understood, and at the end of the third edition, 
it includes now 620 principles of uh, Rashi to the Torah. I should note that many of those principles and methods are sub-principle of major ones. So there are sometimes nuances that are important and which therefore you could divide uh, one cloud into many little klalim or that one cloud includes subdivisions of that cloud and so on and so forth. In this course, we are going to cover many of those principles, perhaps not all the 620, but at least to give you the major principles. And in Mitzvah God willing on your own, you'll be able to either understand some of the subdivisions or eventually to study and find out more uh, especially in that book, Klal Rashi, which I mentioned, or through the Rebbe's Sichot onto the Torah, which is the best way to study. Rashi, the Rebbe also said that Rashi also never wrote a book of principles. But how do these principles came about? Well, the Rebbe understood them from Rashi. That means from the study of Rashi, the Rebbe understood and drew those principles that are part of Rashi's methodology to the Torah. How we understood those principles, it was again, not because the Rebbe told us Klal 1, Klal 2, Klal 3, but the Rebbe just taught one Rashi and another Rashi. By the way, I should say, over the years, the Rebbe covered about 800 Rashi's commentaries to the Torah, about 800 pieces of Rashi. But eventually, through the Rebbe's Sichat, we were able to understand. Sometimes the Rebbe clearly said, he says, and here is a rule, and here is a principle of Rashi. And because of that principle, we cannot say the answers of the commentators. And because of this principle, all of a sudden, the question falls apart. And because of this principle, this is why Rashi had to say this and this way and the other way. So this is how we were able to find out eventually that there is a whole methodology that is made of several, all the way to 620 principles that are part of Rashi's methodology. But the way we are going to study is through Rashi, through the Rebbe's explanations to Rashi. And we are going to apply slowly and introduce principles after principles. And via the examples, via the Rashi's onto the Torah, we'll be able to eventually appreciate how this principle is applied here and how it answers all the questions. Next week, we are going to as I mentioned earlier, give a second introduction, which is uh, a must before we address anything about Rashi or about any principles of Rashi, and that is to begin to understand first this approach of Pshat versus Drash, Remez, Sod. As you know, there are different approach to the Torah, different commentators and different books were written 
And not every single section and every single book is using the same approach, the same lenses to understand the Torah. The Torah is so rich that it includes many approaches, and they're all true, but they are different. And each one has its own nature, and its own way, and its own principles. So Pshat is one way, Drash is a different way, Sot, Remez, and Sot. When we say that Rashi is Pshat, first we have to understand what is Pshat, and what is, how is it different than Drash. But then, we're also going to explain, and that's crucial, that Rashi is not just Pshat. Because there are other books written onto the Torah, which is Pshat. Plus, Rashi is a certain type of Pshat that includes Drash. And where the Drash serves the Pshat. Which is quite puzzling, because it's either Pshat or Drash. And that, in fact, many of the commentators of Rashi to understand what is Rashi's approach. To which section does he belong? Who is he? Is he a Pshat? Or is he Drash? We'll find out that there are actually, among the commentators to Rashi, different approaches to even begin to... um, define Rashi's approach, whether it's Prat, whether it's Drash, and so on. The Rebbe has, in fact, from the very start, a complete new approach to it. It's Pshat, but it's Pshuto Shel Mikra. And that is a level of Pshat that refers to a child at a certain age. And it is to this level of pshat that Rashi's wrote his pirush and Rashi's methodology is based on. That is important to clarify first. Because that's crucial and that's the beginning of everything. It's really all the principles that will come after are based on this notion that we are going to explain and elaborate Bezrat Hashem next week.